Good morning, Mr. Phelps. A wizard is never late, Photo Baggins. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Time is a precious thing, never wasted. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about late night, as in I'm a night owl. I don't know when I became a night owl, but I became a night owl at an early age and loved staying up at night, loved doing things at night, and enjoyed nighttime. Some people are morning people. I'm not necessarily not a morning person, but I much prefer nighttime. I do my best work at night. I have the most fun at night. I can get up in the morning. I just prefer to stay up at night. And so today I thought I'd tell you about my evolution as a night person. I don't remember when it started exactly. I don't know when I started staying up late, late, late. And when you're a kid, it's very hard to stay up late, late, late. At least it was when I was a kid. Now, don't forget, when I was growing up, we didn't have computers. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have anything except a transistor radio or a clock radio that we would have in our bedroom. We didn't have televisions in our bedrooms. We didn't have telephones in our bedrooms. We had our books and the radio. And that was it. That was our entertainment in our rooms. So if you wanted to entertain yourself in your room, you were reading or you were listening to your radio. You could also listen to a record player. We did have a portable record player. And records, for those who don't know, that's vinyl. We had our vinyl record collections too. So yeah, we could put on a record as well. But that was it. That's all we could do to entertain ourselves. But as you guys know, I'm a movie fan, I'm a TV fan, so I loved watching TV. And when I discovered that TV continued on into the night after I was supposed to go to bed, I wanted to stay up and watch it. And when I discovered that they showed movies at night, I wanted to stay up and watch them too. But when you're a little kid, you don't get to make that choice. Mom and Dad said bedtime is 10 o'clock. Guess what? You went to bed at 10 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock. Get to bed. But Dad... It's 10 o'clock. It's a school night. Get to bed. That was it. That was the end of the conversation. There wasn't any bartering. There wasn't any dickering for more time. 10 o'clock? Go to bed. That's what I did. It wasn't until high school that I got 11 o'clock as a bedtime so that I could watch the shows that came on at 10. But then 11 o'clock, right to bed. And I think the reason for that was my parents went to bed at 11 o'clock. They didn't want us staying up past their bedtime. So when they went to bed, we went to bed. But what I also discovered is my parents fell asleep relatively quickly. They'd get into bed around 11 o'clock and they'd be snoring by about 11.30. And when I discovered this was a thing, this opened the door to possibilities for me. I learned that if they went to bed early, they would be asleep early, and then I could get up. And I did. One of the things I discovered was that CBS ran movies at 11.30 every night after the news. Johnny Carson was on NBC. You've heard me talk about Johnny. I loved Johnny Carson. I didn't watch Johnny Carson every night, especially when I was a kid because I was in bed. I only watched Johnny in later years, and again, not every night. Because he would have a guest on I didn't care about, or he was kind of bombing on the monologue, or I just didn't feel like watching Johnny. But CBS had the late movie, and I discovered that at an early age. Now, I don't remember exactly when I discovered it. I don't remember exactly what year I first started sneaking out of my bed to watch late-night movies. But I did. And I enjoyed the late-night movies, because they were weird. They were different. CBS would show different things in the late hours than they did during prime time. 
Now, you have to understand, back in the day, you didn't have a remote control where you would press a button and the guide for all of the TV shows coming up would appear on your screen. We didn't have that. Our push-button guide back in the day was a magazine called TV Guide. My parents subscribed to TV Guide so that we could keep track of what the shows were coming up for the week. And TV Guide was a big magazine. Every week it would come out, it would have articles about the shows that week, and it would have the weekly TV schedule. Every week it came out, every week it gave you the schedule of what the upcoming shows were. So you could see at 9 o'clock on Tuesday, Three's Company was going to be on. And they would always list the movies that were coming up and the guests on talk shows that were coming up. And it was an all-day grid of all of the shows that were coming up. So you could plan your life around your TV guide if you wanted. So when I discovered the late movies, I would look in the TV guide and see what was coming up. Now, I stayed up for a lot of late movies. I don't remember all of the ones that I stayed up for. But one of the first ones was a movie called Head. It's not what you think. Head was a movie put out by the Monkees. For those who don't know the Monkees, the Monkees were a fake rock group that was America's answer to the Beatles back in the 60s. I say fake rock group. They were four attractive 20-somethings who were posing as a rock group who kind of played instruments. Some of them actually did, and eventually all of them did. It's a long, complicated story. I'm not going to bore you with all of the details about the monkeys. You can look it up if you want to. The thing is, they put out some really good music, but they were backed by really good studio musicians and really good songwriters. And so they became a phenomenon in the 60s as an answer to the Beatles. More of a comedic answer to the Beatles. They never really rivaled them. They had a couple of good songs. I'm a Believer by Neil Diamond, originally done by the Monkees. Last Train to Clarksville, and they had a sitcom, believe it or not. And you can actually see it still on the MeTV network if you've never seen it before. It's definitely corny 60s humor. And the humor of the monkeys was right in my wheelhouse. I loved that kind of cornball, slapstick, 60s sitcom style humor at that time. So I was a big fan of the monkeys, and I liked their music too. I thought it was good because I didn't know any better. <laughs> Maybe I'm being too hard. Some of it was actually pretty good stuff. But when I saw that they'd made a movie, I wanted to see that movie. But that's not the kind of movie my dad would ever watch. First of all, it was rock. Second of all, it was silly. So I knew there was no way he was ever going to watch that movie. But when I discovered they were airing it on the CBS Late Movie, I had to make plans to see it. Now, the times that I'd stay up for these late movies, what I would do is I would just go to bed at my designated time. And I'd try to stay up until my parents fell asleep. And you know what you do, you listen by your bedroom door until that even breathing of your parents, that <sighs> you know it when you hear it, you know when they're asleep because the breathing is even. When they're talking, you hear it. When they're reading you, you don't hear anything. But when the breathing gets even, you know they're asleep. And so those nights that I'd try to stay up, I would listen for that even breathing. And when I'd hear it, I would tiptoe down the hall. Because, as you know, we only had the one TV in the house. So I had to go down to the living room to watch TV. And the hall in my house was probably like the hall in your house. You knew where the creaky boards were. You knew if you stepped on a certain spot, that creaky noise would come out. And my parents were dead asleep, but I was afraid that creaky noise would wake them. So I always had to step carefully around that creaky board right outside my brother's bedroom. I wouldn't dare turn on a light. The lights would wake them up. I was sure of it. Even though they were down at the end of the hall and their bedroom door was mostly closed, I was afraid the light would wake them. So I never turned on a light. 
So I tiptoe into the living room and I turn on the TV, making sure the volume was all the way down, because again, I didn't want to wake them. I had the volume so low on that TV, I had to sit about two feet away from it to hear it. And as my ears adjusted, I could move a little further back, but I couldn't sit too far back because I didn't want to turn the volume up too loud. But I remember going through this routine to watch the movie Head on CBS Late Night. And I remember watching the movie. I don't remember that much about the movie. I have seen it in years since then. It's kind of a cult classic now. I mean, I've looked into it years later. I found out Jack Nicholson, yeah, that Jack Nicholson, produced the movie and assisted in writing the screenplay and actually had a cameo in the movie as well. I don't remember that. I had to look that up to find that out. But Jack Nicholson was involved in the production of Head. And I've looked at reviews of the movie. It was panned when it came out. It came out in the 60s. And the critics hated it. Although I learned that Leonard Maltin reviewed it and said it was delightfully plotless. Which I do remember. There was no point to the whole movie. It was just a weird extravaganza of silliness. But the kind of silliness that didn't even make sense even by the monkey's standards. But I still had to stay up and see it. And I did. And after the movie was over, I turned off the TV and had to reverse course and tiptoe back to my room, very carefully avoiding the creaky board outside my brother's bedroom. And then I'd crawl under my covers and go back to sleep. Now, what time was the movie over? I don't know, 1 o'clock, 1.30, whatever time they ended. I don't remember at this point. I just remember going to bed late and having to get up early to go to school. But I loved staying up to watch the movie. I got to do it, I got to see it, and it was on my own time, all by myself, watching a movie that I thought was cool. The other one that I stayed up for, and I remember this vividly for reasons that will become obvious, a movie called One Million Years B.C. Guys of a certain age will know the movie just from its title, but if you don't, as soon as I say Raquel Welsh in a fur bikini, you'll know exactly which movie I'm talking about. Now, as a fully charged young teenage boy, the prospect of seeing Raquel Welsh in a fur bikini was all I needed to get up in the middle of the night to watch the movie. Again, another one I don't remember the plot of, but I do remember Raquel Welsh in a fur bikini. Oh boy, do I. That one was worth staying up for twice if I could have. Yeah, it's totally ahistorical. There's no way that the cavemen and the dinosaurs and all the stuff that happened in that movie ever happened in real life. But it had Raquel Welsh in a fur bikini, and that's all I needed. The CBS Late movie ran for years, and I stayed up many, many times. I don't remember any of the particular movies that I stayed up for aside from those two, because I've seen so many movies over my life. And when I saw them in particular, I don't specifically remember. Those two I remember. But my late night staying up for movies has continued to this day, although I don't stay up for movies too much anymore, because I'm usually doing other things like streaming or writing. I use my late nights for that. But back in the 80s and the 90s, I was still watching movies late night. And one of the shows I liked watching was something called USA Up All Night. Back when cable was still young, the USA Network was one of the cable networks you could get in a basic cable package. And what USA Network did was run old movies all night. They would run two or three movies. I can't remember if it was two or three. But they would run two or three movies back to back all night. And they had a couple of different hosts. Gilbert Gottfried hosted Up All Night for a while. And then they also had a comedian named Rhonda Shear. Both of them were comedians, both of them funny, both of them did a great job doing what they were doing, just in very different ways. Gilbert Gottfried was Gilbert Gottfried, and Rhonda Shear was funny, blonde, big hair, big personality, and uh, kind of enjoyable to watch. 
And what they would do is they would do cutaways between the commercial breaks. So they would run the movie and they'd run commercials in the movie. And between the commercial breaks, either Gilbert or Rhonda would jump in with either pre-produced skits or one-liners or little scenes they were doing in the studio where they were running the movies from. And it was a kind of enjoyable way to spend a Friday or Saturday night if you were at home. And Up All Night would show all kinds of movies, always interrupted by commercials and always edited to get the bad words out of the movie because we don't want to offend people. Now, Up All Night, they ran some great movies. I mean, they had Alien and The Abyss and Airplane and Fast Times at Ridgemont High and National Lampoon's Vacation. They had some really good movies on. But they also specialized in those B-movies, those cheesy, schlocky movies that were either horror or vaguely sexual. And that included One Million Years B.C. Yeah, the one with Raquel. They ran that on Up All Night. But they also had all kind of weird little B-movies like The Puppet Master or Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And then they had this series of movies that I'm sure you'll get the gist of just from their titles. Reform School Girls, Satan's Cheerleaders, Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. Oh yeah, they had a good selection of movies for that kind of thing too. But I remember spending time watching movies on Up All Night, either coming in from being out with my friends, or on those nights where I couldn't go out, had nothing else to do, was done reading a book, I'd flip Up All Night on and spend time with Gilbert and Rhonda. I mentioned reading a book just now. That's one of the other things that I do in my late night hours, is read. That's always been the case. When I was younger, I spent a lot of time reading Stephen King at night. It somehow seemed to fit. I didn't read all of his books at night, but I do remember spending a lot of time reading The Shining at night. And when I just said that I'd stop reading and turn on the TV, The Shining was one of those books that I was reading at night that would scare the bejesus out of me. And there were times where I actually had to close the book and put it down and stop reading because it scared me so much. That's how good and that's how scary The Shining was. So I would close the book and turn on the TV just to distract myself from the book. The Shining was scary, but worse for late night reading was Salem's Lot. Oh my God, that was vampires at night. Oh, that scared me. And yet, what did I do? Read it at night. Being a night owl also helped me a lot in college for a lot of reasons. Late night studying, of course, going to the midnight show down at the theaters near the college. But also, our D&D group did a lot of late nights. We spent many, many Friday nights into early Saturday mornings playing Dungeons and Dragons. I remember there were some weekend campaigns that we'd be done at 3 or 4 in the morning, get a few hours of sleep during Saturday afternoon, and then right back at it Saturday night until 3 in the morning Sunday. And it never bothered me. I loved staying up. I loved playing the game. I loved hanging out with my friends until the wee hours of the morning. That's just always the way I've been. Being a night owl also helped me in my 20s when I started going out and doing things rather than just play D&D. Now, back in my 20s, our nights wouldn't start until about 9.30 or 10 o'clock. That's just when things started getting going. We'd get to a club right around then, and we'd start drinking and dancing starting at 10. And then we'd literally dance the night away. I know it sounds like a corny phrase, but that's what we would do. Three or four hours at the club, having a good time with your friends. Boy, that's what I loved doing when I was going out back in those days. It was so much fun. And then in New Jersey, we have a whole host of 24-hour diners. So you'd get done at the club, you'd hop in the car, you'd drive to the local diner, and you'd order up a cup of coffee and a donut or a plate of fries and some Coke, and you just hang out with your friends and and spend the time dissecting the night and talking about what great times you just had and what you're going to do tomorrow or the next weekend. That's what late nights were for. Going out, 
having a good time, and then sitting around and talking about the good time you just had. It was awesome. But of course, those good times, those festive times, those celebratory nights with your friends when you're in your 20s, that gives way to real life as you get older. I haven't stopped being a night owl. Never have. But as you get older, as your life changes, as things change for you in the world around you, you make adjustments. Being a night owl actually helped me when I started having kids. Because kids need attention 24 hours a day when they're little. There's midnight feedings and 2 a.m. diaper changes. And it's a whole lot easier to do a midnight feeding when you're still up at midnight. Or a 2 a.m. diaper change when you're still up at 2 a.m. You know the diaper change is coming, so you might as well just stay up. So it made it easier for me to transition into being a parent because I was already staying up late anyway. And the thing is, as the kids get older and they start doing things, you're not going to sleep anyway. You're up worrying about them. You're up waiting for the phone call. You're up waiting for them to get home. Being a night owl has paid dividends in that department too. I didn't lose sleep when the kids were out because I was already up. And as a parent of then-teenagers, I have received the phone calls at 11.30 or 12 o'clock. Uh, Dad? What? Uh, There's been an accident. Oh, good. I'll be right there. Where are you? It's a lot easier jumping off the couch in those circumstances than it is crawling out of bed and having to pull on clothes, wiping the sleep from your eye and trying to find wherever this accident was. Being a night owl helps in that department, too. But I think being a night owl just overall is a better fit for the kind of person that I am, for the way my mind works, for the way I am. I seem to be my most creative at night. When I'm writing, whether it's the book that I wrote or any of the other things that I write, it's usually at night. I think it's partly because there's no interruptions. Everybody's asleep. The world is quiet. Things are calm at night. That seems to be when my creative juices get flowing. I get introspective at night, too. I think about, well, why am I doing this? Why am I thinking that? Nighttime is when I think about things, about life, about vacations, about school, about retirement, about whatever. That's when my mind starts to go. It's when I worry about things. But it's when I solve problems, too. If I'm sitting quietly in a chair or lying in bed, the problems come to me, but the solutions come to me as well. My mind works best at night. I don't know exactly what it is about night that makes it so appealing to me. Don't get me wrong, I don't mind mornings. I spent years getting up early to work out, to commute, to get to work. There's a lot of things going on in the morning that I like too. I like sunrise pictures at the beach. There are things that happen in the mornings that I love, like breakfast. I don't mind mornings. But nights, nighttime is my time. As I was getting ready for this episode, I was trying to remember when I first realized that I was a night owl. I really don't know when that realization hit me. I just remember from an early age wanting to be up past my bedtime. I know some people go right to bed at 10 o'clock and go right to sleep. I've never been that person. I've always been the person to stay up, to see what's going on, to go places, to do things, to try things after dark. And I don't know why that is. I just seem to be my best at night. And even as I get older, me going to bed at midnight, that's virtually unheard of. If I go to bed at midnight, I'm lying there wide awake for at least an hour. That's just the way I am. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being a part of things. Thank you for your support. You guys are awesome. I can't thank you enough for all the time that you spend listening to these episodes and just hanging out with me. 
Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.